education and our work in the classroom or in informal Jewish education or in outreach work or in Jewish camping were to have a soundtrack. If our life was a film, the soundtrack of that Jewish life would have been provided by Reb Shlomo Karlbach. And for many years, those of us that work in, in Jewish work and in Jewish education have benefited from his from his music, both in his life and these past 17 years, in some ways even more uh, after his death, prolific output of, of recordings and material uh, since, since he's died. Um, we've benefited from his music. In the last number of years, a group of people, uh, students, disciples, Hasidim of Reb Shlomo, uh, Karl Bach, have begun putting out his Torah, his teachings, his teachings in the form of the very well-known stories that we know from many of the recordings, but also his, his teachings, his teachings proper. This is Rabbi Jeff Sachs of Atid and the Web Yeshiva with another edition of our book club podcast, our Jewish Educators Book Club podcast. I'm sitting with Rabbi Shlomo Kravach, Rabbi Shlomo Katz, the uh, great musician and, uh, and educator, uh, who, together with uh, his, his colleagues at the Shlomo Kralbach Legacy Trust, have put out the first volume in a series, Evan Shlomo, the Torah commentary of Rabbi Shlomo Kralbach, on the first half of Sefer Breshit. Shlomo tells a little bit about, about this book and about the, the series and the work of the Foundation. So, approximately 14 years ago, at the age of 17, I got my hands on a, a rare bootleg copy of a Rev. Shlomo interview that he conducted in the early 1970s. And um, I put a tape into a, what we used to call a Walkman. Remember Walkman? I do. A Walkman. I put it in a Walkman. I took a walk and I heard the following. Rev. Shlomo said that when he was five years old, he was already crystal clear to him that he was going to become a great rabbi one day. And he also knew that he was going to put out books. And he didn't know yet what he would write in it, but he already knew that he had a name for his safer. He had a dream that he knew he had a name for his first safer. And the, sa- the name of the safer was Evan Shlomo, the Rock of Shlomo. After hearing what he said, I rushed back to my dorm room, and I began transcribing that from around that, that time. And I couldn't stop. I would write down every word I hear him say on tape. And for me, that was my most inspiring, moving, and meaningful Talmud Torah. That was for me learning. That, that was Mamish Yeshivish learning for me, that, trans, that transcribing. And Baruch Hashem, Chav Shemayim, 81 years after he came up with the name, 81 years later, we're honored, humbled, and proud to present Evan Shlomo on the Torah. And the book is... Uh, uh, short commentaries, short pieces. Some of them are a paragraph, a page, two, three pages, uh, you know, at the most, on 
thoughts on, on uh, specific points in the Parsha. Right. He's drawing on the world of, uh, of traditional learning, certainly on the world of Hasidus, particularly on the world of Ishbitz, which was a particular passion and fascination for him. What are some of the characteristics of what he's doing in his in his, his darshanut and in his parshanut, in his explicating and commentating on, on the Chumash? Well, it's best if I quote him. He, the way he described the manner in which Rav Kook wrote Orota Tshuva. He said that Rav Kook basically learned every single thing possible that was ever printed, published, or documented on the topic of Tshuva. Whether it be Shari Tshuva of Rabbeinu Yona, of course, Yosef Tshuva of the Rambam, Igeras Tshuva of the Alter Rebbe, anything he could get his hands on. And then, like an orange, squeezing the orange and the juice that came out, formed Orota Tshuva. Mm-hmm. Where I believe, truly, that in essence, he was really talking about himself. Because mm-hmm. anyone that knows anything about Rishlomo's history and learning, he had the privilege of sitting by the giants of the last century. Whether it be Rishlomo Hyman and Yeshiva Torah Vadat, being his top student there, and everyone knows, obviously, the incredible relationship that he had with his Rebbe in Lakewood, Rabbi Aram Kotler, and eventually joining forces with the world of Lubavitch and becoming Lubavitch Rebbe's right-hand man for a number of very strong, passionate years of his life. So it's, it's very hard to say one kibun. I'd like to believe it really is taking it all. And his perush on the Torah is like squeezing an orange, and it's the juice from everything that he was that he took inside. Mm-hmm. But what are some of the some of the main themes that are going to run through the through the commentary, both here in Breshit and in the in the subsequent uh, subsequent volumes? What are the things that interest him when he approaches the Humash? What is he trying to teach us? If we would look at the at the uh, at the sum total of uh, of of the the work or of the series, if someone only had access to Shlomo through reading this volume and those that will come after it on Chumash, what is he going to see in the Chumash that he might have overlooked before reading from Shlomo's commentary? I would say two things that are coming to mind right now, mainly two things. One, how each story, each happening that we come across throughout the whole Torah is all an attempt to correct a Tzadat. By him, the tree of knowledge played a very significant role Every time he opens his mouth to teach or to sing or to share anything, everything is traced back to understanding the depth of what took place with Eitzadat, what it's really all about, the difference between tree of knowledge and tree of life. That's a very common thing. Everything is traced back, not just in Parsha Bereshit, where the... It's obvious there. Right. It's everywhere. It's in Noah, it's in Nechlecha, it's in Vayera. It's not even, and you know what, and it's not even in Sefer Bereshit. He goes back to it in Shmuk. In Vayikra, the Midbar, especially in the Midbar, very much in Vayim. That's one thing, going back to it's that. The second thing is that Shlomo is begging all of us to always understand that it's so much deeper than the Pshat. That whatever we think the Pshat is by reading just the story, it's almost like any Chassidish Rebbe is giving over deeper understandings of what the Pshat is, Rav Shlomo is very big on understanding that each detail, for instance, if you look at the, the whole story of the Malachim that Avmavinu reads in, in, in Parashat Vayera, he takes apart the whole story and each detail of running after the Bakar, running after uh, to, to Shechter, 
the way he, in which he greeted the Malach and the way he speaks about Sarah, the way he responds to hearing about the destruction of Zdom, the lessons are much, you have to realize it is much deeper than the Pshat. And therefore, every time he would speak and teach, he always asked, open your heart. He never said, open your head. Mm-hmm. He always says, friends, now I need you to open your hearts. Why? Because to understand that the Pshat is deeper, it's not about the mind, it's about you have to open up your heart more. The, um, the 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 work of putting the book together comes from this. You mentioned a, a massive archive, sound archive of recordings. Apparently, every time he would teach or a concert or you know uh, these kind of informal pulling out the guitar jam sessions, which were also learning sessions, somebody was fortunately recording it. Is how many hours of, of archive? We're up to. We haven't even really. You know, reached everywhere. But there's approximately, people speaking today in terms of gigabytes, terabytes, there's approximately 1.3 terabytes of information mm-hmm. right now. So it's many thousands of hours. Of, thousands uh, upon thousands of hours. Um, and the work of editing the volume was needle in the haystack. Maybe it was taken, maybe, this has been published crazy, taken maybe from 3% of the, of the existing archive. Uh, maybe 3%. So how does, how does that work? In other words, you'll find a piece, let's say, on Parshat Toldot, which may or may not have been delivered the week of Parshat Toldot, uh, may have been in a completely different context altogether. Um, then the editing process. Now, one of the interesting things about the book is, and for those of us that, that remember of Shlomo, uh, you know, or know him uh, you know, through, his, through, through listening to the recordings, you've retained part of his voice um, not many Torah commentaries open with Givalt uh, but, but this does uh, you know peace will open uh, what was the deepest 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 question uh, you retain some of the the oral tradition some of the Devarim Sheba'al Peh in the in the written in the written version um, uh, listen my holy brothers I have to tell you a Gaval Torah from the Sasemis um, uh, you know sweetest friends you know these are the kinds of this was the this was, these were the melodies of of Shlomo's teachings which have been preserved in the in the in the written in the written text here what was that work like of doing that editing the heavy mm-hmm. heavy work of uh, heavy lifting of trying to convert um, uh, spoken spoken Torah to a written Torah? It was honestly an extremely complicating task. Very, very complicated task. Since to retain his voice, but publish it in a manner with which it would reach more than just the people like yourself who are privileged to hear him live, is a very delicate manner. We write this in the introduction that this type of production, this book, the way in which we publish is geared towards this type of project. Having Rib Shlomo open up with saying, listen to me, my sweetest friend, is a must if you want to portray, if you want to give over Rib Shlomo to the masses, if you want to retain him. However, obviously, you can't keep every mamish and gevalt, because then you, you won't have any type of flow that, that, will, that people that have not been exposed to this type of teaching, it's very simple. That's, that's really what it was. But however, this is our first project and we're learning so much from the way that people are, are receiving this understanding. So this, everyone's open heart will guide us as to how to continue to bring Kabbalah to this project. 
Um, the question of the relationship between Shlomo Kalbach, the musician, and Rib Shlomo, the teacher of Torah, uh, like I mentioned, for many years, and in some ways ironically, paradoxically, you know, during his life, he was known as a, as a musician. We listened to his music. We knew, obviously, that, uh, that there was a lot of Torah there, that he, he had things he wanted to teach us. But the music was the principal vehicle, and, and perhaps that will always be so. That will always be the, the first line in the, uh, in the, in the obituary. Um, but the relationship between the music as music and the teaching and the Torah, how do you, how do you see those two interacting? Here you have a text, which is not a musical text, although you've tried to retain some of the, the, the poetry, the melody, in, in the writing, but it's, it's a written text. It stands as a book on a shelf. Um, maybe it'll stand on your book on your shelf next to CDs uh, of music. But how do you see the relationship between the music and the, and the Torah? How, how did they, how was there a mutual relationship between the two? How did one influence the other? And how did they work together? A few months before Rav Shlomo passed away, just a few blocks away from here in Yakai, Reverend Mickey Rose and a blessed memory conducted a very, very in-depth, interesting interview with Rick Shlomo, where he asked him questions that any typical Shlomo Hafid would not have to hear, and we hope to publish this later in the year. And one of the main questions that he asked him was, can you tell me what is your Shorish Nishama? What's the root of your soul? Is it learning, or is it Nagina? Is it singing? And then he proceeded and he asked, what would you, what, if God told you, you know, you could do only one of them, what would it be? To sing or to, or to learn? He said, if God was going to show him and say I could only choose one, I would tell God that he has to choose for me. Mm-hmm. Because for him, direct back to your question, it was one. There was, there was zero difference. And for, for my humble self, that's how I look at him too. When I, when I think of him, the, the, the singing was Torah. And the Torah was singing. Mm-hmm. I don't see any difference, but for the academic head, for sure there was a difference. Uh, obviously, his teaching in public really began with the hippies in the House of Love and Prayer yeah, in San Francisco. Hundred percent. That's where the real sheet. We, that's where real sheet were in took place. Yeah. And we're about to publish forty-four evenings of the Shlomo teaching Shulchan Aruch to the hippies from nineteen sixty-seven. So 1974, evenings and afternoons which took place in the backyard of the magical house in Haight-Ashbury in the magical time. And it's, it's literal teaching, learning. The teachings and the learning took place mainly with his followers. But now we see it's a time that it, it, has, to, it has to pass just the followers and reveal to the whole world. The, uh, let's, let's look at a specific piece uh, for, for this week's Parsha is coming up with Parsha and Parsha Toldot. Uh, in Parshatoldo, uh, uh, before Yitzchak uh, meets Rivka, it says, and, and then Yitzchak says, when later on, when he is being tricked by Yaakov and, uh, and Esau. Uh, and Shlomo tends to say that reach, that smell, that fragrance. Sure, literally, he was, he was he took a deeper look into the, the exact words that Yitzchak Avinu said. Says, "Re'ei, they asked me, look at the smell. 
how do you look at smell? So the first thing Rabbi Shlomo goes back to is another time that we see senses being used in a weird way, which is Matan Torah. How do you see voices? How do you see a sense? At the giving, at the giving of the Torah on Sinai, the Torah describes that you would, you would, we saw the sound. Right. How do you how do you see sound? How do you see how do you see a fragrance? So there's a common thread amongst a lot of the Hasidic masters that the truth is that Yitzchak knew that it was Yaakov coming to get the bracha. It's like a vino. But he had to play the role of, whatever, for whatever the reason was, to show that he didn't know who it really was. But if we understand that we knew who it really was, let's look at a deeper place. And Rabbi Shlomo says that Yitzchak says, Re'ei re'ach abni kereach asadeh. Behold, the smell of my son is like the smell of the field which God had blessed. And Rashi and all the commentators say that that means he's talking about Gan Eden. He's talking about Gan Eden. But what, what Sadeh is he really talking about, Rabbi Shlomo says? Like you mentioned, in Parashim Chayasara, the Shabbos before, it says that Yitzchak went out to the field. And everyone knows he went out to the field to pray. And everyone knows he went out to the field to pray, Mincha, but also to pray for his soulmate, to bring them right away. Boom, right there, Eliezer brings Rivka. So when he sees... Yaakov Avinu come in with such kedusha, with such holiness, to come and receive a blessing. He says, wow, but look at the fragrance of my field. Kereas says, look at what my prayer does to the world. Look at how powerful my tefillah is. And he's taking a look at it. And Rabbi Shlomo's whole teaching here is, you have to understand something, Sebastian. None of us have any idea, we have no concept of the power of tefillah. But once in a while, we have to stop and say, wow, each person in their own way, take a second and stop, look at your brachas, and not to pump up yourself with gaiva, but to say, wow, davening is, tefillah is where it's at, like it's like this, my tefillah and the son that brought me a son as holy as my son Yaakov. The, um, the needs, the contemporary needs, of Jewish life and Jewish learning and particularly Jewish education um, are great. Uh, how do you see the music, the teaching, the, the books that the, that, the, that the foundation is putting out now, how do you see that being an answer to some of the needs? Hmm. I see it's an answer to many of the needs. <laughs> we, we truly believe that every, every, every answer that how the way that Shlomo explains I guess you'd say the point of creation. Kavanata Bria, the song of creation. The way Rabbi Shlomo explains everything that children start learning from a young age is filled with one word. Love. 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 When he would read something and learn something in the Torah, no matter what, what it was, he would hear in back of his mind, God loves you. This is Hashem saying he loves you. And unfortunately, formal education in many plays in, uh, in Orthodox and non-Orthodox curriculums don't have this scorting feeling of love and of like unconditional love when it comes to God and man. Mm-hmm. It's just the reason why so many deep souls, like Rabbi Shlomo mentions in Pashas Malcolm here in Evan Shlomo, many deep souls, they left the realms of Orthodox Judaism because they were looking for something so much deeper mm-hmm. and no one gave it to them. So we feel that this is actually like a very large ma'aneh, how do you say ma'aneh in English? A very large uh, resource that really answers the need. For exactly what you brought up right now. Mm-hmm. The singing is already doing it. 
It's done a tremendous thing when it's happened. I always say, like, now it's 17 years since the Shlomo passed away. It was basically he, put out more, he put out more discs and cigars than he did in his life. Much more. It's been, like, one, 17 years of your Excitement in Judaism today has become one big form of a Kabbalah memorial. Oh, it's also it's also created this uh, this cottage industry. No, don't let me say that. But it's created a, a base medrash of musicians, yourself included, who are producing music, original music, their own style, their own their own their own writing, um, which is clearly coming out of the same uh, same tradition, the same base medrash of, of musical base medrash. That is. Uh, and it's the, 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 the profound influence on Jewish music uh, for, for many generations to come is, uh, should, be, should be obvious. The book is the Torah commentary of Rabbi Shlomo Karlbach, Eben Shlomo in, uh, in Hebrew. Uh, the first volume uh, on, on Sefer Breshit, from Parshat Breshit up to and including Parshat uh, Toldot, so the first half of uh, Genesis. Another volume coming out Summer 2012. Summer 2012. Uh, we hope to see uh, what are some of the other projects of the. I should just mention that the the uh, the, the Shlomo Karlbach Legacy Trust. Their website is www.karlbachlegacy.com, uh, and there you can find some other resources. You can sign up to get their weekly uh, weekly newsletter of different Torah, sample some material from. From the book, uh, uh, what are some of the other projects uh, many, of many, the foundation? Many very exciting projects. The ne- next few are we're definitely completing the Chumash, the Parish, and the Torah. But like I mentioned before, 44 evenings, which were digitally remastered audio that was taken real to real in the house of prayer, which we're presenting to the world. The Rebbe Shlomo teaching mainly Shulchan Aruch, the Hebrew, it's, it's absolutely incredible. Combined with obviously a lot of stories in Negro mm-hmm. We also have nine hours of footage of a trip that he took to Russia in 1989, mm-hmm. which is absolutely mind blowing. And we're, we're, we're putting together a documentary of that. And we're also putting out a publication of Rich Journal and teachings on rebuilding the base on English, what it means to lose base on English, and what does it mean to rebuild it. Mm-hmm. This, this is, we're talking about the next year. However, the list of projects that await us are tremendous, mm-hmm. and we need everyone's help. To really get this together. So visit uh, visit the Kronbach Legacy Trust website if you're interested in helping out. Uh, find the book in Jewish bookstores. It's published by Urim Urim Publications. And uh, I should also mention that uh, I should also mention that uh, Shlomo Katz's personal uh, personal website is at shlomokatz.com. Uh, where you can sample his music and buy his discs and find about upcoming appearances, concerts, teachings, and his other his other gigs in the world of Jewish education.